Hello and welcome to Beer and Money, a financial fireside chat for tech professionals. We work to simplify your finances so that you can enjoy your life. Now here are your hosts, Ryan Burkwell and Alex Collins. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I'm your host for today, Alex Collins. And since Ryan's not here, uh, I'm going to go ahead and make fun of myself today and uh, say that I definitely need to get into a shape other than round. So today, our guest is going to be Charles Lindbergh from Goosehead Insurance. He helps folks out with uh, auto, home, and other types of, of insurance products. So welcome, uh, welcome, Charles. Thanks, Alex. Good to be here. Wonderful. Uh, now you and I have known each other for what about five six years now? Uh, yeah, that that sounds about right. I think about six years. Awesome. Well, so tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about Goosehead, and, and kind of what got you into the industry. Yeah, so I uh, joined insurance, uh, wonderful world of insurance, like most people by pure accident. Um, I swear, like ninety percent of the agents I've talked to, it was a uh, not something they ever thought they would get into. I mean, how many people grow up or go to college and say, hey, I want to get into insurance when I'm older? I mean, that's not really a, a difficult thing. So, um, no, it's yeah, not. I've just, uh, <laughs> yeah, seriously, it's, uh, I know people who've either their parents owned an agency and that's why they got into the business or it was just a pure accident and uh, it sounded good. So they, they tried it out and then it became a career. So, um, yeah, I joined uh, insurance industry six years ago. And uh, recently, about a year ago, I started over again uh, with zero, uh, zero on my book of business with Goosehead Insurance, who's a, uh, a company based out of Dallas. And they're just a franchise network of brokerages with a unique way of doing business. And uh, yeah, once I got a chance to understand and check out their business model, I was, I was very pleasantly surprised by what I found and I uh, couldn't say no. Awesome. So it- Walk uh, walk us through a little bit about uh, why someone chooses to, as you put out put out, put it, ugh, I can't talk today. As you put it, start out back at zero. What what caused you to make that decision? Uh, well, it is uh, you know the insurance industry has a lot of different companies. Each has their own approach to how they treat their agents, how they treat their customers, how they run their business, what kind of demands they make on their agents. Um, so honestly, the company I started out with six years ago had changed over the course of five years and it was keeping the company afloat, unfortunately at the detriment, in my opinion, to the agency force and other companies also at the same time just were happening to do the same thing as well. So, um, it was at that point, uh, just a tough decision to say, Hey, do I want to keep the clients I built up over the last five years and stay with this company? Or do I think I'm going to be better served and my future clients will be better served by me jumping ship right now, starting over again with, you know, no clients in a non-compete and uh, <laughs> starting from zero again and having to do all that. So that's really the, the decision I had to make. Yeah. That ever present non-compete is always, uh, always the biggest challenge, right? Absolutely. It's uh, it's only a, you know a temporary one for a couple of years, but um, still you have to um, basically start again with no immediate clients that you can call right off the bat from day one. Sure, sure. Um, well, let's uh, let's jump into it a little bit. Uh, talk to me a little bit about you know kind of the industry and and how like, what it is that you actually do for clients because 
I guarantee if I go, oh yeah, Charles is a property and casualty agent, that that doesn't mean much of anything to the average person. Right. Yeah, and it it shouldn't because, um, quite frankly, the insurance industry is kind of like um, I'd say I'd compare it to maybe the financial world with like the stock market and bonds and so forth, where the average person really has a an, uh, an idea of what they think it might be all about, but it may or may not be accurate. Um, I would say there's the average person would know that there's probably three main channels in terms of how can they get a insurance policy, like a auto insurance or home insurance. They can, there's the direct channel, which you go out to a company online, you buy a policy online, great, you have your coverage. There's the captive agent channel, which is uh, comprised of captive companies like Allstate, Farmers, State Farm, and American Family. Those companies, they have an agency force, and those agents can only sell those products of that company. So State Farm agents can only sell State Farm auto insurance policies. They can't sell their companies, and other companies can't sell their products. And then the third channel is where I fit in, the independent channel. Uh, We're also sometimes called the brokerage channel. So we are agents, and we are appointed and licensed with multiple companies. So I represent um, several different A-rated, financially A-rated carriers, and they are companies you probably do know, like Nationwide, Progressive, Travelers. So they're big national companies. A lot of them have been around for many decades. And um, my job really is to, uh, when I have a, a new prospect or a new client I'm talking to, I do a discovery call with them figure out where they are in terms of their unique needs and concerns and uh, certain underwriting situations. Maybe they have a uh, certain situation needs to be accommodated by a certain company that can handle them. And I go to my companies that I work with. I check out their underwriting guidelines, check out all the discounts this client might be eligible for. And I try to find the best possible fit for their auto and home insurance package. And I present that to the client. Wonderful. So essentially what you're saying is by going to the independent channel, Clients have the ability to work with multiple companies at the same time and kind of get the the best of both worlds and that they've got the the personal relationship with an individual and at the same time, the world of companies out there is as open as it can be. I would say that's fair. Yeah. Ideally, we want to uh, do a great job for our clients. They stay with us. I mean, they Ideally, we want them to like and trust us first as the agent and then trust that we are going to make the the best decisions based upon our conversations with the client and trying to find the best fit for them. And then as their needs change, maybe next year, maybe in a couple of years, maybe we need to um, cancel their insurance policies and write brand new ones with a different company because something in their life changes. And uh, we find out that, uh, hey, you can save more money or get better coverage or get a unique coverage with a different carrier this year. And that's um, what we do. We try to service people and take care of them long-term. Wonderful. Now, when we talk about property and casualty or, or PNC for short, what does that actually mean? What what types of policies, what's the work that you do aside from just auto and home? Yeah, so that's a good question. So property and casualty is kind of a odd term until you think about it. So property is pretty straightforward. It's, you know, physical, tangible stuff like homes, cars, and then all of your personal contents and effects and so forth. Uh, then casualty is um, basically what you could be held liable for in terms of physical damage to either someone or something. So, yeah, really that boils down to most policies that your average person is going to care about, like their home, their auto, their boats, motorcycles, ATVs, 
um, things like that. So anything they can do damage with uh, in terms of you know, vehicles and so forth and then any property they may own. So whether it's a primary residence, um, a rental pro uh, a property, um, you know, those sorts of things. Maybe they have a commercial real estate, you know, anything like that in that sort of category. Got it. And now in the the casualty side, liability, do you also help uh, uh, business owners out with uh, with liability uh, protection and, and some of the, the business insurance aspects? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of our clients own small businesses or medium-sized businesses, and uh, business insurance is more complicated than, you know, home and auto, so it does take a, uh, a bit longer for us to go through and make sure that every possible um, exposure that the business owner could be care caring about is covered. So uh, if you have uh, vehicles, uh, you know, business use vehicles, or you have employees, or you have products you want to uh, insure, or maybe you have, you know, unfinished goods in a warehouse, um, all those kinds of things uh, we want to go through and make sure there's ad adequate coverage for. So if something does happen, the business owner isn't out tens of thousands or, or more. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate all the, the good work that you do for folks. Uh, now, when when you sit down, what's the what's the process that you go through with a, a new client? Uh, yeah, so it's a fairly simple, straightforward process. I try to make it as easy as possible for people because, uh, you know, insurance can be uh, intimidating and uh, I don't want to have uh, people feel like they don't know what they're they're buying, really. Oh, for uh, sure. So my have process ever, is... Like just trying to read through some of the, the policy language is just... Ugh. Not yeah. fun. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We uh, it, there's there's a couple of ways to explain insurance. One is a way that no one will understand unless you're in the industry, and the other is a, <laughs> a you know a thirty thousand view view, basically for the layman, and that's what I try to do. Um, I really just do everything in two phone calls if I can. First phone call is a fifteen minute uh, phone call where really I'm just gathering all the data I'll need to get the most accurate quote for the. The client to make sure we're getting all the discounts they might qualify for and so forth and also at that time you know explain how i work and, and how my company works and then on the second phone call um i present the overall best option i was able to find based upon what we talked about and then if everything sounds good we can get everything taken care of for them right then find the new coverage for whichever day they want get all the billing information set up get all the documents for the applications e-signed and that's all there is to it wonderful Love the fact that you make it streamlined and simple and you try to help folks understand what they're doing and why. Now, how many different choices are there to make inside of an auto policy or a home policy? Uh, thankfully, there's not a ton. However, the what I find a lot of people may run into uh, in terms of issues is um, there's a lot of things on home insurance that uh, aren't apparent aren't covered or are covered in a, a limited fashion um, unless you have someone explain it to you. Because most people, what do they look at? They look at the coverage, they look at the deductible, and they look at the price. And they don't really, it's not always us, uh, usually apparent to them that, okay, yeah, your coverage is this number, but we're not telling you exactly what it's covering, how it's covering it, and what limited situations um, there might be no coverage at all. Uh, so that's where usually I see some people run into trouble. Um, but thankfully, uh, you know, part of my job is to know the questions that people should be asking me, but they don't know to ask. So I try to do thinking for people. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> it does. Uh, good luck. That can certainly be challenging. What, what are some of those, maybe two or three of those questions that 
should be asked and don't often get asked? Yeah, I would say um, if if you're a customer and you're talking to an insurance agent, um, I would ask them, hey, are there any big things on my home or auto insurance policy right now that aren't covered that you think I need to know about? So that's kind of an open-ended question um, because it unfortunately could have a, several different answers. Um, so a common one is, well, your insurance agent should tell you that every home insurance policy in our state does not include coverage for flood or earthquake unless you want to actively add it on. So uh, that's usually a big one that folks need to know about. Uh, another big one is probably uh, coverage for jewelry. So if you have jewelry valued um, over $1,000, any single piece over 1000 um, definitely you want to ask your agent about making sure that, that item is fully covered um, and what it may cost to make sure that it's fully covered. Okay. Now, in terms of earthquake and flood, what would make somebody say that they should have it or, or shouldn't have it? Um, so the uh, with regards to flood, flood mapping is done by FEMA. So they map the entire United States and the different um, there's different categories of zones, basically, which are a direct relation to the annual risk that that given zone has to flood. So the most common um, uh, zone that I see for a lot of uh, King County, for instance, especially in the Seattle area, they're not in a high risk zone. They're in a standard or preferred zone, which means they have an annual risk of about 1% uh, to flood. So flood insurance for most people in our area is not required uh, when they buy their home, uh, but it's something that maybe they want to look into, understand if some people live on a hill, that may not be a top priority for them. Um, but uh, flood insurance is, is just one of those things that um, it kind of depends on exactly where your house is and um, yeah, you may be in a low risk zone, but maybe you personally feel that it's worth getting anyway. Um, and then earthquake is, I find a highly subjective uh, conversation. Some people are super concerned about earthquake and other people don't care at all. And it's probably related to the, um, just the general knowledge base of the particular individual. Uh, we do have a Cascadia fault line off the coast of Washington that runs north and south. I think it's about 200 miles off the coast. Um, and my understanding is um, that particular fault is a bit overdue uh, for having a, um, a release of energy. And uh, yeah, it kind of depends on how well read and interested the uh, client is in the subject. But some people, like I said, care about it a lot and some don't at all. Yeah. What, what would, a, what would an earthquake policy run a client? Is it, is it based on the value of the home? Is it just a flat cost? Walk us through a little bit of, of what that would look like. Yeah, so earthquake coverage um, is going to be dependent highly on the value of the home. In other words, the rebuilt cost of the home, not the not the market value or the purchase price of the home, but the actual physical rebuilds. Uh, it's also going to be dependent on the age of the home. So the older the home, the more expensive the policy will be. And also just the general, the, the kind of building materials it's made out of. If you have a lot of brick veneer on the home, for instance, that's going to increase the cost. If your home's just a usual frame, uh, vinyl, or wood siding, then it's, it's going to be kind of in the uh, middle. Uh, but in general, on the very, very low end, you can probably get earthquake insurance for your average home for maybe about three or $400 a year. And on the high end, uh, if you have a home that's built on a slope and maybe some other things are a little uh, more expensive about the home, then maybe you're looking at about 1000 or 1200 a year for the, the higher end pricing. But I would say most folks that I've talked with, um, they're looking at about five or $600 a year for earthquake. Awesome.
Thank you. Very informative. And then the the next question, so flood, typically when I hear flood, I'm thinking of my buddy Ryan who lives over in Duval where the river floods and, and turns Duval into you know, close to an island. What else would fall under a, a flood policy that folks maybe aren't thinking of that they, they probably should think of? Yeah, so flood insurance is going to cover um, exterior water entering the entering your building. So, um, and th- those sorts of issues are not going to be covered under your normal home policy. So, if we have a really heavy rain, which we usually typically have a, a winter storm at some point in November, December around here, um, if you do have issues with your gutters overflowing or your drainage system really isn't up to par and water builds up and enters your home, well, your home insurance policy almost certainly is not going to provide coverage for that. Um, if uh, a, certain, a certain number of homes in a given area are affected by um, external water, then that will trigger the, uh, the flood uh, coverage. So there are, there are some stipulations for flood coverage being used. It isn't going to be something that, well, something that happened to my house, therefore I can use my flood insurance policy. There are certain stipulations um, dictated by the federal government that uh, require that to happen first before the flood insurance can be used. Okay. And you said that we're in a preferred rate area for, for or most of Seattle area is in a preferred rating uh, area for, for flood insurance. What, what does that run folks? Yeah. So that, that is the, the offset. So yeah, you might be in a, a, you know, preferred rating areas I mentioned as a 1% annual risk of flood. Um, so it's a low chance, but the good news is that means you actually do have a fixed premium for buying coverage. So the highest amount you could spend is um, just under $450 a year if you wanted the um, uh, getting flood coverage for your home. Um, and on the low end, it's going to be in the neighborhood of about $100 a year. All right. Very cool. Now, I, I realize I'm playing into a stereotype here, which that is cost, 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 cost. And I, I, <laughs> it seems that whether it's advertising or just the thought process that people have these days, everything is, it almost seems like property and casualty has turned into a commodity and it's, it's all just the same. So shop for the least expensive product out there, but that's not really the case, is it? Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, unfortunately, yeah. Thanks to uh, just the style of advertising we've had and for how long we've had it in our country. Yeah. We, we are heavily focused on price, but um you know, I think if people think for a second, then price isn't really exactly how they buy everything. I mean, how many people do you really know that religiously buy single ply sandpaper toilet paper? No one. Yeah, no one. <laughs> they spend a little bit extra. They get the two ply or they get the comfy, the comfy version. And, and that's really how people, uh, some people approach insurance that way. Other people are, you know, totally price driven. Um, I would say that, you know, when you talk to, to folks and, uh, the folks that have had a great experiences or great claims experiences or their agent to save their bacon in some way, they kind of don't care as much about, um, yeah, maybe I could save 20 bucks a month by going with this other company who's been sending me stuff in the mail. Um, but I like my agent. I know him. He's helped me out, you know, for X, Y, Z over the last several years. And so um, that's what we really try to focus on is building a relationship with our clients making sure we're educating them on what they're buying and what they should be buying 
they don't have to follow our recommendations, but we want to make sure that we are just from in terms of a fiduciary responsibility and an ethical responsibility, showing them, hey, this is what we recommend and why, and you can get this if you want or not, but this is what we would recommend you do. Yeah, it, it's amazing just being able to have someone like yourself take a look at things and go, oh, hey, is there a reason that you don't have X, Y, or Z? Uh, nope, didn't know that I should have had that, or my previous agent never had a conversation with me. Uh, it's it's amazing how eye-opening having a, a true professional review stuff for you can can actually be. Oh, yeah. I mean, we that's what we try to do is try to demonstrate knowledge for everyone we talk to. Um, and, yeah, just be a, a second set of eyes at the very least. I mean, there's plenty of folks we've talked to where we just give them the peace of mind that says, hey, you know what? Your coverage is in a, you know, you're getting a great rate right now. Your coverage is on point with for what we talked about. Uh, we recommend you stay right where you're at. And that we say that to people every month. So, uh, and at least those folks have a, the peace of mind. They got a second opinion. Uh, we'll check in with them next year to see if anything changes, if we can help them at that time. But uh, really it's just making sure that, you know, we're looking out for people because, you know, like I said, insurance is kind of a, you know, complicated industry and uh, not every you know, lay person at the time or the patients to understand it. For sure. Uh, now, as we wrap up here, are there one or two things that you would you know, recommend, like takeaways that people can can use and, and to review their existing policies or have a conversation with their existing agent? Yeah, I would recommend uh, one of the the big things people should should talk to their agent about is, um, like I mentioned on the home policy, probably the the jewelry piece is probably the the number one um, issue that people should check into. Just make sure if they do have any nice pieces of jewelry that the way the policy is now is handled to actually cover the full value of those items. Uh, you know, some people have nicer rings or inherited pieces, and we want to make sure those are fully insured if that's what the client wants to do. Um, I would also make sure that if you've had home insurance for, you know, five years or more, probably make sure that there is enough coverage on your policy to rebuild the home, uh, you know, the way it is using the same qualities and styles of materials. Um, and then for the auto ins uh, insurance side of things, I would also make sure that um, you talk to your agent just about your overall liability coverage and just make sure that, you know, given your total amount of assets, your liability coverage is roughly equal to what you have. So if you are in a lawsuit situation, we want the insurance company to be writing the check, not you. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. That's a critical thing there is to try and make sure that the we're shifting the target away from you. And for a lot of our folks that are listening, whether they work at Amazon or Microsoft, uh, they, they certainly can can feel at times like they've got a, a target painted on their back. Uh, and, you know, shifting that target to to a nameless insurance company is certainly a, a good option. Um, now, if we find that we don't have as much liability coverage as we maybe want or, or have in the way of assets, is there an easy way to fix that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, most auto insurance policies in our state that I know of, they will go up to half a million dollars in coverage. But in case you do need more than that, um, there is a very cost effective way to get um, beyond that limit of coverage. And that's through an umbrella policy. Uh, umbrella policies basically are excess coverage. They start at a million dollars in coverage and they go up from there. Uh, they're typically very inexpensive. I believe they are the most cost efficient in terms of uh, dollars of coverage per dollars you spend. 
So they're really not very expensive to get. And uh, if you do suspect that, hey, maybe, you know, due to my income or my wife's and my income or my assets that we have, uh, we might need some more coverage. Absolutely ask your agent about that. You'll probably be surprised by how cheap it is. Wonderful. Yeah, the takeaways that I had from from today's conversation were uh, some of the ones that you already mentioned. Uh, review things like whether you've got jewelry listed or, or anything else listed on your policy. Uh, check into earthquake and flood insurance and then take a look at at uh, the rebuild cost to make sure that that you've got proper amounts of coverage. Uh, and lastly, that that liability thing that we talked about, that that is absolutely huge from a financial planning standpoint. Uh, we want to make sure that we're protecting your assets as much as possible, because once something happens, boy, in, in the state of Washington, it's attachable by creditors for up to 30 years. Uh, and a small mistake, even if it's unintentional, can can wind up costing a, a large, a large uh, chunk out of your net worth and, and maybe your income for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's it's no joke. Uh, you know, no one wants to be in an accident and no one wants to cause a major accident. But if it does happen, um, I prefer my ideal scenario is that if that happens to one of my clients, they have the insurance company write a giant check and financially they wash their hands of the whole situation and uh, it doesn't impact their lives at all and doesn't do all the hard work that, you know, folks like yourself have done in getting a pristine financial plan set up for them because that accident to wipe away all that work. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for joining us today. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, want to go ahead and uh, let folks know that if they want uh, more information on any of the Beer and Money podcasts, they can go to uh, to our website, uh, quantifiedfinancial.com, and uh, click on the podcast links there. Uh, we have uh, weekly episodes coming out usually on Mondays where we tackle a new financial topic every week. If you have questions or, or want to submit something that you'd like us to talk about in an upcoming podcast, please go to the website, throw something at us. We, we love questions. And, and if you're looking for, for feedback or a one-on-one conversation, by all means, just let us know. Uh, subscribe to the podcast. And as always, cheers. podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 3585 Maple Street, number 140, Ventura, California, 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Security, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian.